my people what is going on episode 20 unnecessary rambling here we are still in the same clothes again <laughs> old dirty dirty uh dirty video game players that's that's the, the mantra <laughs> we're doing a bad smoothing we're doing a bad job smoothing apparently we're getting uh we're getting dirty and crusty here no smoothing for us no not smoothing not smoothing man so uh what's up everyone welcome how are you doing brandon episode 20 it's it's uh we, we're definitely not recording these back to back what are we talking about definitely not definitely not recording back to back man definitely not recording back to back jeffrey for the next hour or so we are going to just uh be discussing our history with video games just just discussing how we got here why we stay here just the whole the whole kind of the whole nine yards i gotta admit yeah at this point we've been recording for three and a half three hours something like that and uh (laughs) my brain is beginning to melt a little bit but i think that might actually make for maybe a more interesting discussion as people slowly see us descend into madness i mean it's also because this is our first i don't want to say well we have a topic but it's also our first time that's like not just going into what we play and then the community thing. Like we're just going to kind of, we're going to just shoot the crap and talk, you know, and hopefully talk about why gaming is important to us. So, Hey, if we did a terrible job, we've been recording for a long time and we might die. If it's a great job, apparently we need to record for three hours and then record just to do our episodes. So I swear, hopefully you guys enjoy. We're excited to do this for you and for each other. So yeah, that sounded weird. That was a weird way to put that. (laughs) What a disaster. Keep smoothing. So, like I said, guys, we really don't have much uh, preparation going into the show. We're just really going to discuss our, our history with gaming and, and um, why we we choose this hobby. So I think that that's kind of the simplest way to kick this off, Jeffrey, is is let's let's go to your origin story. When when did the controller pickups begin? When did you start diving into the video games? Video games. Well, one one day I was born and then I came. No, we're not going to go one of those origin stories. So as I've said before, I think on the podcast, our ages are a little different. I'm 36. So I've been I've been gaming for you know a little bit longer than you. I'm your elder. So you should respect me at all times. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Please do that every show now. Keep smoothing. Um, so my first console, my first gaming experience really was with the Sega Genesis. Um, so I, I, I couldn't even tell you why or when or exactly what how old i was but i just remember one christmas i just got a sega genesis i don't really remember playing video games before that i think the only game experiences adjacent experiences was on our old massive bulky computer you know my, my dad and my, and my mom my sister we would just like play these like random little like educational computer games if you will i kind of remember a little bit of that but then one christmas we got a sega genesis and sonic the hedgehog 2 and at that, I was hooked. I was hooked from then on, just just blazing through Sonic levels. First time really holding a controller, playing a game. I mean, it wasn't I wasn't that young, so it sounds like I was a baby playing it. But my sister and I would just go through each of the Sonic levels. And for you young whippersnappers out there that can't remember, you had to either play a game all the way through, or just yeah. rest- or and restart it every time. There wasn't save slots for the for the most part. Nintendo did incorporate that some into their games, but you had to just play a game all the way through or just, or not, or start over. And so what I remember fondly with Sega Genesis and Sonic 2 is my sister and I, every Sunday morning, we would sit down and play Sonic. And our goal would be to get through the entire game before we had to go to Sunday school. We could never finish it before Sunday school. So we would do that cheeky little thing where we would keep the console on because that was the only way to continue where we left off. And then we would just hope and pray that when we got back from Sunday school, we could jump back onto Sonic and continue where we left off. 
So that just that just is seared into my brain of Sonic, Sunday School, Sega. That's a lot of alliteration there. <laughs> and and basically my love affair with video games started with the Genesis. You know, I didn't I played Nintendo games here and there, like Friends House, the NES, I played Mario Bros, Super Nintendo here and there, but the Sega Genesis for me was the pinnacle was just how I started gaming. What do you got? You got a question? Yeah, I have a question. How did that, how was that decision made? Did, was there someone in your family that was like, was your dad in the games and he wanted something from the Sega? How did the Sega come into your house opposed to the Nintendo? I'm curious about that. Well, because I'm old and decrepit now, I can't remember things. My mind is going (laughs) and we've recorded three hours. I honestly, when I was looking back on this, I couldn't remember why we got it to be honest with you like i don't know what if there was a conscious decision my parents my parents are older they were older parents at the time so they i don't they didn't play games like it wasn't a, we weren't a gaming family i just remember maybe i asked for maybe i had i had a buddy that had one i don't know i just yeah. remember one christmas we got the genesis and that was just what we had and you know as a kid unless you have money which it's not like i did then you just kind of have what you have right right so the only gaming i remember before that is again just like educational games on the computer but beyond that, there was no like console. So Genesis is where it kind of entered in, but I couldn't tell you why. And so we just kind of kept playing Sega games from there on out. Can I ask you a personal question? Would you? Would Absolutely you... not. I would never <laughs> answer it. No, go ahead. How so growing up and we'll get into, you know, go back and forth here in a second. But growing up, like you mentioned Sunday school, was there a restriction on what you could and could not play? Or because the thing that's the kind of curious thing for me is if Sega was traditionally looked at as like the little, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't a little bit, a little <laughs> bit more of a mature right. console. A lot of people kind of understood it as um, what. So was there restrictions on what you could play and stuff like that as a kid? I mean, that that's a good question. Again, it's, it's, it's honestly really hard to remember details of all this stuff. I'm just not good at remembering, but the only time I really remember that being an issue or a question was Mortal Kombat. No surprise there. That was still, you know, on the Genesis Mortal. I think the first one was on Genesis, right? It was that era, right? So I do remember that I had a buddy that lived either across the street or nearby in the neighborhood that really wanted to play it. And I wanted to play it. But uh, being a goody two-shoes kid, I would ask my parents and they're like, let's take a look at it. And they're like, (laughs) "Mm, this doesn't look too good. And that was the same with Goldeneye, which we'll get to later, obviously, at a later time. It's Nintendo 64. So the answer to your question is, yes, I do remember the being the restrictions. Um but it was also a different time of gaming, right? You couldn't really look things up, right? There was no internet in that sense. You couldn't like parents couldn't go do that. So it was either relying on what the kids said or what parents said, or what maybe a magazine would say or something. Right. I just remember asking about mortal Kombat, then being like, that's too violent. So I altered to a game called like eternal champions, which is like a weird fringe fighting game with like animal esque characters. And that was okay. And then playing like clay fighter, which was like a, obviously a clay fighter game that was acceptable. And like a power Rangers game on Genesis that was acceptable. So there was some caveats to it, but it was mostly, I just wanted to play the platforming games yeah. so that that was fine with me. The Disney games, uh, there was like a goofy game, like a, like a Mickey mouse circus game. So that's just really what I remember. It wasn't an issue is what I remember. So how interesting that's interesting that that kind of love has carried over since then for the platformers ever since your kind of inception into the the gaming space it still remains pretty consistent that that's something that you go back to that's interesting yeah and so much so that the games i'm displaying right here are two that i fondly remember playing as a kid just disney platformers so it did that did that did stick in the sense of like that's the games i always go to because that's the games that i stuck with back then so I, I want to hear about your story, though, because I know it sounds like your gaming story from the little I know of you is kind of maybe a little bit more all over the place. So when was your first time playing games? Do you remember like yeah. the first vivid memory of that? 
So mine begins in the the uh, third generation with the the NES. I and this is I'm talking baby man. I was an absolute like like I mean two three years old. This is I I, I so I don't really have I can't give you many details. I just remember playing like Duck Hunt and then Punch Out and uh Tecmo Bowl, RBI baseball. Like I, I I just remember playing like some of the basic games for the NES, but it was not like playing them. It was like my dad playing them and then me pressing buttons. And so it really wasn't a deep understanding of gaming, obviously at two, three years old. Because I'm I'm 28 now. Um, so I was so young at this time and we never, this was probably cause we never got the, any of the fourth generation of consoles. We never got an, uh, an SNES or anything like that. So that's really where it begins, but where it really kind of started becoming something different, something that I appreciated on a deeper level would have been the fifth generation. So we went from, from third skipped fourth and went to the fifth generation of systems because I played Resident Evil 2 on my cousin, who has now passed RIP, uh, played it on his console, and I was just enamored by that. I, I, I loved everything horror from a little kid, man, loved horror stuff. And, you know, much to my dad's displeasure, you know, I was I was listening because my dad got my dad was a, a musician and he played country music and like classic rock and roll and was damn talented like one of the best in this entire southeastern region you know and then but well let me be clear one of the best bar musicians in the southeastern region like he <laughs> okay. you know he, he was he was you know getting but but getting paid way more than than the majority of people in this region he was making a living off of just music which is not wow. uh, that's not common for a bar musician and um so he when and whenever I started getting into Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie, and this is like I'm young, young getting into this stuff, but I just loved the spectacle. I loved the the you know the music videos and the colors and the just the shock value of everything. I loved seeing people do things they weren't supposed to do. And I loved seeing people respond to it, even at an early age. If I could figure out a way like in class or whatever, just to say something that wasn't meant to be said. Like, I just, I loved that <laughs> stuff from a really early age. Obviously now that I'm older, I'm not uh, as big a fan of the shock jock stuff or anything like that. But um, yeah, so that translates to Resident Evil 2 and the fact that I just really, really was enamored by this idea of having, you know, because I, I I missed the the fourth generation, so it was a humongous leap to me seeing Resident Evil two at five years old, whatever, however old I was, and and I just played the hell out of it. My cousin beat it. He unlocked the Gatling gun, the rocket launcher, so <laughs> I would just go and mow through these zombies, and 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 there was no challenge. He would help me with the puzzles and stuff. So I just got addicted to that game, played it over and over and over on his console. Then I finally got a PlayStation one myself one Christmas with resident evil two. And, <laughs> and my family was always, my dad hated a lot of that stuff, uh, grand theft auto and resident evil. And then, but my mom was like, dude, get, get over yourself. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah. I, I just kind of had no restrictions on a lot of that stuff. Um, so that resident evil two is my first big one. And then just the entire fifth generation. I just, we went to blockbuster nonstop, man. And so the metal gear solids and the twisted metals and the siphon filters, and mm -hmm. I just played everything. And I always liked that because that's the thing that me and my mom are actually even talking about is I don't really have 
childhood memories that you should have as a child. Like I don't have like a lot of the cartoon memories. I don't have a, I always <laughs> liked blood and gore and, and <laughs> I just always liked that stuff. And I mean, I like, I, well, I, I was going to say, I don't think it shaped me negatively. I don't know because I was massively, <laughs> I was, I was rough, rough from about 12 to 19 rough. So I don't know if that had an impact, but I like to think it doesn't. <laughs> So I have a couple of questions for you, you know, okay. that the, the first is what kind of, so you, you mentioned a few times you jumped the fourth generation. I'm just going to be really honest first. I don't understand the generations. I always get confused when someone says seventh, sixth, eighth, you're gonna have to tell me what consoles those works. I don't remember, I got but you. uh, the fourth generation, I understand now, but what do you remember consciously of why you would have just skipped that generation? If you played like the NES and then moved to PlayStation, like, do you remember why that would have been the case? It must've just... you were young, but. Yeah, it must have just been that nothing came out that my dad knew about that he wanted to pick up a console for. And he okay. was still because we, 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 you know, like I said, my dad was probably making 600 bucks a week, something like that as a bar musician. My mom was a, um, a cashier or, or, you know, a bartender. Like it was, you know, we were, we're family making like 40 grand a year, something like, like it wasn't a, a lot of money, you know? So right. we weren't just going off and buying the latest and greatest everything. When I got my PlayStation one, it was a couple years after it came out. Uh, the NES, I'm sure that we probably got the NES. Cause even just thinking back now, um, it must've been during the fourth generation, which would have been the SNES generation when we got the, the NES. So that probably would have been it. Makes sense. Do you, do you around this time? Like, because as I mentioned before, like, a lot of us, at least some of the kids I knew, you know, you had those giant old computers and there was some like games here and there. Do you remember, or did you ever have like a computer that you would have played or even remembers like at school or friends or even a family member that you would have played like any random little computer games? Cause I have like three or four. I can, I can, I'll just say really quick, like three or four that I remember interspersed with like the whole console thing was Lego Island. I remember Lego Island for some reason always sticks in my head. There was like a sci-fi alien game called MDK. I remember that for some reason. Then Wolfenstein 3D, for some reason, I guess I got to play that with my dad, even though I probably shouldn't have. For some reason, that was okay, even though that was like not okay. It shouldn't have been okay based on the Mortal Kombat thing. And then there was like this weird little edutainment game called Gizmos and Gadgets that I remember so fondly. So I guess, do you did you have any of that either at school or home of like random computer games in these times? We, we it's crazy because I do not remember this, but... I, my mom talks about having a computer at the house and I do remember buying a Sims PC game okay. at one point. So I think that, that maybe, but, but like, I mean, dude, I do not remember this at all. So like I, it probably was a thing where that, you know, the, the computer was in the house, but I never touched it. So I have okay. no memories of PC games whatsoever. <laughs> So going to the blockbuster thing really quick, because that's such a that's such a special era, right? Yes. Going to rent games. Like I don't obviously like people that are younger now, or if there's anyone younger watching, like there's no concept to the sense of going to Blockbuster, going to a video rental store, Hollywood video, family yeah. video, whatever, and then going and the excitement of looking at the shelf to see what games are there that you can maybe take home and play for a few days. Do you, was there any, I know you mentioned a few before, but like, do you have really exciting fond memories of like, that excitement of going to blockbuster like what am i going to play this weekend like what one or two games like really do you remember if you have any from that time oh dude i mean i could go on with this forever i <laughs> i literally we went to blockbuster every single week like and that's no exaggeration every single week to pick up <laughs> 
you know, rather be American Pie or to pick up uh, <laughs> whatever, just some silly comedy to watch with the buddies and then to, you know, grab some games or a game. Usually it would be like a game and a movie that we could get. And specific ones that come off the top of my brain, there's a weird one that comes to the top of my mind is Second Sight, mm. um, a PlayStation 2 kind of stealthish game a uh, i'm pretty positive that the first time i ever played max Payne was at a blockbuster as well it, it <laughs> true true crime streets of la and true crime streets of new york i kept running those over and over until i finished them um from blockbuster i shouldn't say i my mom kept running them over and over <laughs> for me shout out to my mom man uh, <laughs> shout out. but yeah no it, it was always i mean dude this is gonna get i can go way too long on this so i'm gonna That's cut right. it off but like i remember narc the anything that was like a grand theft auto clone um kill switch <laughs> there was so so many so many memories of just picking up things from blockbuster and a lot of it you know like narc i never finished that kill switch i never finished that a lot of it was like okay cool i'll play it for a few hours pass the controller back and forth with a buddy and we're like oh that's sick that's sick and then we just go right back to nba live 2005 and play <laughs> play eight hours of a season mode while we're we're transferring between that and go we had a a dirt court we we dribbled the basketball so much on the ground that the grass turned to dirt and it was perfect man we were out i mean we would be out there. i had a cut my cousin the same one that um got me into resident evil too he was about he was very overweight he was probably probably about 350 pounds whenever he first started playing basketball with us and he's he was probably my age now maybe a little bit younger and we were 11 12 and he played with us because he would come and watch us because at some point my dad, uh, you know, he 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 had some addiction issues. And uh, so he he had to, you know, go and figure that out. And uh, so my mom was just working like 18 hours a day, just nonstop working. And my cousin would come over and uh, and watch us. And he would play basketball with us nonstop. And I mean, he shouldn't have been doing this. He was he was. <laughs> He was 350 pounds, but he ended up getting down to about 190 from playing basketball with us. I Holy mean, it cow. was, it was because dude, we would, I remember like we would eat boxes of little Debbie cakes and stuff. And we were, <laughs> we were all real thin, man. It was just, yeah, it was, uh, but yeah, yeah. Blockbuster. So, so many memories. So many, do you have, do you have memories of the video game rental stores? I mean, it's, it's similar to what, to what you said of just, it's hard to, you can't really again, put that into, you can't, there's nothing really nowadays. I think that you can equate that to sure. You can go to a digital store, a, re, a retro store, buy a game, but like, there's nothing really that beats just that excitement as a kid of like, what are you going to play for a few days? Right. Because there's also that time pressure of like, you got to give the game back, right. Unless you extend yeah. it. So like there was that pressure of a kid of like, when are you going to play? How much are you going to play? Who are you going to talk about it with over the weekend? Yeah. A big thing around this time, like the whole, I guess, yeah, N64 PS1, because I was more N64. I got an N64 for Christmas around that that time frame when it came out, because I always wanted one. It, they, they ended up getting one one Christmas. But the memory I have mostly was about having sleepovers. Like one nice. of my good buddies, I would have a sleepover with him. We would try to do like every weekend. And I just remember similar, similar to you with like eating the little Debbie cakes. <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. Maybe this is why I like horse games. We used to eat sugar cubes. Okay. Don't horses like sugar cubes? Yeah. I I, anyway, I, I, maybe that I was why I like right. horse games because I'm an idiot. But you, I remember you, staying. You, you have the same <laughs> diet as one. 
<laughs> yeah. So I remember like at my buddy, like it was, it was the blockbuster thing, but it was also like having a sleepover with one of my buddies, that thrill of staying up late. Like we would play like blast core on the N64 super smash brothers, like rush Two, like a racing game and yeah. super Mario 64. But like that thrill of just staying up late with the game that you just rented from blockbuster, or maybe your parent got you for like a birthday or something yeah. and just like snacking on crap all night. And then like just being so jazzed about doing that. And similar to you playing like, like basketball, we would just go out and like skateboard on my buddy's like porch and do little kick flips and make little rails. But just that confluence of events that surrounded video games, right? Like you played games, but then you did some other stuff and then came back to games and then did other stuff. Um, it just, it's just, just a, a rare time that you don't really, I don't hear about as much nowadays, but maybe that's because we're not kids anymore, but well, yeah, dude, to, to, to that point of, you know, it being a rare time, like I try to recreate that. It, not as much anymore because i'm single now but like (laughs) every relationship as an adult that i've had i've made it a point to go to our local uh, movie store and and buy a movie you know even i'm not necessarily saying it's like a a, a scheduled thing but like monthly at least usually like twice twice a month going in like just let's because dvds are like three dollars four dollars you know let's go to a thrift shop uh, a thrift shop let's go to a local store and pick up something and like let's watch this for the weekend and it's like i it's not because it's, I don't know, man, there's something like you said, that's so special about walking in and having no idea what you're going to find, what you're going to pick up the, and it's all down to the box art, which is so cool. You end up discovering like <laughs> second sight who I would have never played second sight if it was, you know, sitting on game pass, probably like, it's just a totally right. different thing where I can, Oh, okay. This looks interesting. Dude has a weird orange glow on his head. It looks creepy. <laughs> like, you know, there, there's just those things that you can't, cause if you see a trailer of it, you're like, ah, you know, that doesn't look that great. So there is the, right. the technology that gives us so much more, um, which second sight was cool, but the, the technology that gives us so much more access to know what we're going to get, our, get ourselves into. There is something really cool about not having that at all. And that's something we can't, you really can't be replicated anymore again we're not kids so we can't say but like we there's no way to really i don't feel like replicate that maybe there is what what you are you mentioned resident evil and i know obviously your love for resident evil 2 do you have any other games that i know we're kind of jumping around time timelines or whatever which hope we're just having a fun conversation yeah what do you have like one or two other games or even that game that like when you think of childhood and you think of gaming or even a teenager whatever age it is that like this is gaming for me in that time frame like, is there like one or two games or a couple that just pop out of your head? They're like, yeah, this is why I remember video games fondly. Resident Maybe that's Evil, too vague. I don't know. But <laughs> no, you you know, I see what you're saying. Resident Evil 2 is the obvious one. Metal Gear Solid 1 is the other obvious one. I think that, oh, really? Uh, Crash Bandicoot was humongous to me. And once again, I, I try not to get overly, overly uh, sentimental here. But this is one that I share with the uncle who was like my really only real role model uh, a man male role model for a lot of my life and uh and i played the hell out of the crash games with him crash bash specifically but i think it would be the next generation uh for for playstation 2 original xbox era i think that would have been like when resident evil 2 metagur solid absolutely opened up my mind but it would have been grand theft auto 3 where i went whoa 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 everything i know is just has been flipped on its head and like i don't feel that there's limitations anymore and then i always knew you know with video games it was like yeah this is an experience that you have in this condensed 
five hour window. And then most games were pretty short back then. And then there was mm-hmm. some replayability with them, whatever, but this became huge and, and almost just boundless. And I was like, I'd never, I never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that we got that out of this medium. So that would have been the time where it was like the fifth generation. I got into everything, no doubt, but PS2, I really, really started playing everything that I could. And that's when the like addiction, <laughs> not, not, not to a negative degree, but I, I just right. at blockbuster. Once again, at blockbuster, I wanted to try everything and that's still is kind of the way i play games i want to try a little piece of everything i want to know about everything but obviously right. you can't do that <laughs> it's such a cool yeah go ahead sorry look like you're gonna say something well i was just i was gonna kick it back to you like like the in terms of that 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 game changing experience that opens your eyes up to like a, a deeper level a different level where you begin going oh i i like don't understand how anybody could not want to dive all the way into this. Was there, was there a certain game or a a certain, a certain era specific era that stands out to you on that? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. It's hard to, there's a couple things that come to mind. It's hard to, I'm going to like skip gaps of time, but in similar to your vein of resident evil and how that became so important to you, I have a sort of similar story with resident evil or not resident with silent hill too. Cause I've always been like, like you, even as a kid, I was always into like spooky, dark things and Halloween and all those kind of things like that. And, um, I was like 16 and, and I really wanted to play. I always heard about this game, silent Hill two. And I was like, this looks really spooky. I probably shouldn't play. It looks like way too scary. And I was 16 by the way, at this time. So like, I was definitely yeah. like, I wasn't like a kid kid, but like, I just wanted to play silent Hill too, but like, it looked too hard. It looked probably too dark, even for me who liked like weird, dark, like scary stuff. And another time I had a sleepover with a buddy. We were 16, went to his, went to my buddy's house. My buddy had a snake, which was, I don't know, that was weird to me and scary. But like we stayed up all night playing Silent Hill 2. And I just remember like that for me, playing Silent Hill 2 all night long, fighting, you know, the enemies, like going past the puzzles, like trying to grasp that narrative and the psychological horror of Silent Hill 2 as a 16-year-old was so crazy and it probably warped me in the wrong way. <laughs> kind of like you're saying with, how is all this stuff good or bad as you're growing up? But I remember that was the first time where I really remember a narrative being important. Like yeah. I remember like walking home or like driving home, or whatever it was that next day and just being like, wow, this really stuck with me because of just that narrative. And that was the first time I remember not so much the gameplay, but just how much that can keep you hooked to a game, even when a game might be tough to get through or frustrating. Cause that game is really frustrating a lot of times, especially right. with combat. But that for me was like the first time, like narratively, it made me realize how powerful games can be. And then I just wanted to seek out more story-based games because really games before that, even like N64, what I played most of, there wasn't a lot of story in any of that. Like even Zelda Ocarina of Time, like had a story, but it was pretty like back burner. So that for me was like a revolutionary time in terms of narrative. Yeah. Do you have any narrative similarities? Because I know story is so big for you. Was it Resident Evil or was there another game that really is like, man, story is so cool? Metal Gear Solid one, un- okay. undeniably, that would have been the one where it started becoming like a root. Because Metal Gear uh, Resident Evil two, I skipped through a lot of the cutscenes as a kid. <laughs> I, I was I was always that kid until Metal Gear Solid one, until I played Metal Gear Solid one, and I think my cousin specifically said he was such a great. You know, I I don't look back at this enough. He was such a great influence in me culturally appreciating, like 
things that I, I wouldn't typically get into. And he would say like, you know, sit, experience the story, like check this, check this out. Cause he knew I liked, you know, thrillers and James Bond and then stuff like that. And then I was, Oh my God, I can't believe that, you know, that this is out there and this can be done in this industry. And it really, you know, it it wasn't done in that industry at that level until a couple years later, like you're saying with the silent Hill twos and MGS twos and then, you know, even into like God of War and stuff like that. But like the cinematic presentation, Indigo Prophecy, which we talked about mm. recently, is another one that where it was like a game changer for me in terms of the flexibility that was offered in the decision making. And I so it's weird because I took a big this is actually we'll, we'll yeah, this is a, a decent transition. Uh <laughs> I, I took a big break from gaming when i got into high school and then i i i think it really coincides with blockbuster closing down because mm-hmm. it was just like i used to play i mean literally like 30 40 games a year probably i was playing everything wow. and and then when blockbuster closed down i you know we we i didn't have the money my mom didn't have the money to buy 30 40 games a year and then she still just got me way too much shit for us you know not making great money and stuff like her for her you know at the time and uh mm-hmm. and and you know i was spoiled well beyond uh, my means <laughs> even to you know be a little trailer park kid we were still i was still spoiled in, in terms of my consumer behavior I, al- I always felt spoiled even even chilling in the trailer park but uh <laughs> But I took a big break from gaming in the sixth gen- or seventh generation, which would have been the PS3, Xbox 360 era. And then The Wolf Among Us, I played that once again on my cousin's Xbox 360. And it was like Indigo Prophecy, but with this modern technology, great graphics, even further branching decision making. And like that was another like light bulb moment for gaming for me where I was like, oh, my God. I want to play anything and everything like this. So I went and got the last of us and I, you know, just started playing anything that was similar to that because uh, it, let, let's stop there and we'll, we'll, we'll touch back. Well, <laughs> so have, I wanted to ask, have you ever taken a break from gaming? If that's a man, that's a, I've been thinking about that somewhat. Cause I know you had that period of break real quick. How long was your break between gaming things? Like generally speaking, I guess it like would a few have been, years. It would have, well, here's the thing. I always play games. Like I played games okay. throughout that entire time. I played all the Saints Row games in that time. I played through all the Grand Theft Auto games in that time. I played all the sports or all the like NBA games, most of the Madden games. Like I, I played games, but it was, I went from playing like 30, 40 games a year to playing like five. Okay. So it was just much less than I used to. And, you know, it's at a time where, I mean, I mean, I was obviously into girls at, at, at as, uh, you know, in, in, in junior high and like, like I got my first quote unquote serious girlfriend from like sixth grade to eighth grade where, where it was like more than just holding hands at the park and stuff like that. But like really in high school, that's when that became like, okay, that's what I want to spend all my time doing. I want to just chase that for, for my entire, the entire next four years. That's what I'm dedicating my life to. So that be- that became kind of priority number one, but I, I do think it also kind of coincides with with um, with blockbuster closing down. Did I miss your question entirely? No, 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 no. I just, no, <laughs> you answered. I was just wondering about because we've talked about this before off off podcast or whatever of like your break, and I just never knew how long that was because you would ask if I've had a break, and I when I'm trying to think of that, like I don't I don't think 
so there have probably nice. been like very small periods of time where I just either didn't have the time or like, again, was interested in like dating or finding the next girl to date and hang out with or like friends I was hanging out with at the time or other hobbies, you know, like for a long time I was into like paranormal investigation and ghost hunting and like making a little oh. group about that with like buddies when I was in college. So like, but beyond that, like gaming, I think was always a part of it. And I think that speaks to the bigger thing of for me, gaming for better or worse at times has swapped from like a fun hobby to pure escapism to just handle life. Cause that, you know, it's that fine line, right. Of like, yeah. when is it too much? When is it like, just to like get away from something going on. And I've always kind of had friends. Well, when I was younger, I'm not good at having friends now, but back in the day, like I always had friends that played games um, in some capacity. So there was yeah. always that shared bond, I guess. Um, but then there was a period of time, I think, and this is kind of, I don't know, this is maybe not the same realm, but I know you'd asked a little bit ago about like, when was like a leap between where like, oh, games are like, wow, right? This is maybe it doesn't have to relate with what you're just talking about, but I just thought of it. There was a period of time I was working at GameStop. Like everyone else, I wanted to work at GameStop because that was cool. And it was cool, but it was right when the Xbox 360 was coming out. And I remember like playing like the OG Xbox PS2 and seeing the leap to the 360. At the GameStop I worked at in, in Sandy, Utah, um, they had one of the Call of Duty 2 like set, you know, like whatever, like one display things that you play in the, in the store. Right. And I remember just seeing call of duty two and like aiming down the sights and like seeing the little names of the stuff on the guns and like seeing the characters and being like, Holy crap. Like I couldn't ever not play games. Like if this is how cool it's becoming, yeah. you know, and just that period of time of like, I was playing games, but I was also in college and doing other stuff and dating and things. And then just being like, this is where it's going. Like I need to keep like making sure I'm always in the zeitgeist of this. So that was more tangential, I know, but to answer your question, I don't think there was ever really a break for more than maybe like a few weeks or just by nature of not having time. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that that's, that's interesting because it, it was probably similar to me, but it was like, we would grab NBA 2k. And then I've, I've talked about this before where I lived right next to my high school. We ended up moving from the, the the trailer in Alberta, Alabama, and we ended up moving right next to the right next to the high school. And we would just have huge NBA 2K tournaments. And it would it, I mean, it would be huge 2K <laughs> tournaments. And like I said, my mom's working and I'm not like I, I'm not exaggerating. There were days where she was working 18 hours and then it was, you know, I have apologize immensely to this day for for the hell that, that we put her through our, our band of, of hooligans but man we were just a wild bunch of little a little dudes and we would get together i mean breaking furniture fist fighting over video games and then so we we were consistently playing throughout that that period but it was more like okay here's the sports game for the year you're gonna play here's the whatever open world of far cry three whatever the case may be that you're gonna dive into um but yeah, I, I guess kind of going from that to adulthood is so you, when did you like make the concerted effort that I want to do this on a, on a career level? Can we back up before that though? Yeah. Yeah. I want, I don't want this to go forever, but there are a couple of things I want to ask you. Like I want to back up. I know our ages are different. So it's with the, obviously our timelines aren't the same. But to, because I think your break and coming back to games with the Wolf Among Us is a big thing. Cause I think people probably do take breaks from a hobby or a game. What do you remember? What made you want to be like, I'm ready to get back. Cause you, uh, what I'm ready to get back into games like more regularly. Cause it sounds mm-hmm. like you played some here and there. What 
made it be like, all right, Wolf Among Us, like I'm going to dive into that. And and now I'm back into games. Like, I guess I'm just wondering, like, what made you so gung ho about that to yeah. be where you're now you haven't looked back at that? Because that's a pretty big thing. It sounds like in terms of hobbies, you know? Yeah, it, it was a uh, yeah. So this was um. so I would have been a senior, I believe, when I played the Wolf Among Us in 2014 or something. And I had my first, like, I always had really bad anxiety. I, I had ulcers in first grade because, and the doctor couldn't figure out what it was. He was like, it's got to be stressed. What the hell are you stressing about as a first grader? And I, I remember like puking before I went to school almost every day. Like I always had immense anxiety from a little, little, little kid. And, and, but it never got to a point where I was like panicking. Like I never felt the room closing in and the the spinning and the the feeling that you might faint and the the heart palpitations. Like I never uh, palpitations, however you say that. But I I never experienced any of that. And then my senior prom, it all hit at once, and I felt like I could. It, it was like. It almost felt like a superhero origin story where like my, my hearing, I, I, I became super, super, super sound where I could hear, it felt like I could hear a pin dropping from a mile away. And it was so intensely like agonizing to have sound being like that compressed in your ear. And it just, it, once again, the room felt like it was spinning, started sweating profusely and and so, yeah, just I, it was like the first real panic attack I ever had. And I was super, super social, super social, even though I had anxiety, like I could always fight through it because it was like, yeah, it's just it's anxiety. I'm anxious, but I I'll go off and say something louder, get belligerently drunk and I'm a OK, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. And but that changed everything. The panic attack changed everything because then it started happening every single freaking day for a long time. And it was like, I did not want to leave my house like ever if I didn't have to. And, and, you know, I was super into weightlifting and, and then was getting pretty freaking jacked and, and I like love doing it. It was so healthy, but I, I remember like doing deadlifts one time and feeling it hit again. And then it's like, even every, it seemed like it was intruding in every part of my life. And so the only thing that only time I wasn't freaking out was whenever I was at home, but then it began intensifying there. Like if I was just watching a movie, it was like, that's not enough. There's not enough stimulation, figure out something, something to do. So I had to do something with my hands. I had to be actively engaged in something. So I was like, cool. But the wolf among us is sitting here. And I don't think i made all those conscious decisions at that time. Right. But from that point, it became like, okay, this helps me a lot because I'm engaged with something. It's not just a passive experience. And I, I don't like using it as like a, a therapeutic excuse for why I play games so much. I think that could maybe be some bullshit of, of coping right. on my end. Why I probably shouldn't be playing games as much as I do still to this day, but <laughs> that that's where it, yeah, that's where that begins for sure. I mean, that's a powerful, I appreciate you sharing all that. I mean, cause that's a powerful, like, and I think people can relate to a lot of that. Cause I know you and I have talked a lot about the mental health thing and the issues we both deal with. And as a lot of probably you are, you know, so I think the fact that you're able to share it is cool. And it's interesting that even if you didn't make those conscious decisions, it's still shifted to being like, okay, here's at least something that helps lessen it or take it away for a short amount of time. You know, we don't have to go into like the, yeah, the psychology, all of it, but the fact that you remember that clearly. It, it made the hobby stick enough for you to this day, obviously. Right. Totally. Yeah. And even on like a subconscious level, like you said, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not aware of the fact that this is doing more for me than movies, but 
on some level you are aware of it because it's like, oh, I don't feel that thing that I feel when I'm watching Iron Man three that that, you know, like I, I can get away from that a little bit when I'm when I'm diving into a video game. So yeah, yeah, that that's that's definitely the big changer for me, just the the crazy damn panic attacks. So on a completely separate note, because this is something before we jump into like adulthood stuff, like I just I'm curious with the gaming. Do you remember what was the first console you purchased on your own? Like, what was, do you have memory of the first time, like your own money? Cause you mentioned a lot, how wonderful it's clearly you're awesome. Your mom is who like did all these things. My mom and my parents were the same. They tried to really always like definitely spoiled way too much. And I'm yeah. grateful for that, but I'm also feel bad about it. So for shout sure. out to our parents and family. But like, what was, do you remember the first console? I guess we'll just say that you bought with your own money. We're like, Holy cow. I bought this. Like how awesome do you have that moment? Yeah. Well, it, it would have had to have been the PlayStation four because okay. I, you know, the PlayStation three came out in 2006. I would have been 12 years old. Um, so it couldn't have been that. So it had to have been the, the PlayStation four. And then, you know, th this generation was the first generation where I actually, you know, I, I, I don't make crazy money, but like I had enough money to go, okay, I'll cool. I'll buy, I'll buy both. I want to play the, I want to play Starfield. I want to play Spider-Man. I'll grab both. That that was like a that was actually a pretty cool feeling. Although I did buy the damn thing on a on a credit card from Best Buy. <laughs> I did pay I it that's, off. That's fine. I just didn't know if there was like when you got, we'll say your PS4. Like, do you remember being like, wow, this is even cooler because it was the first one I bought like on my own, or did that not really resonate? The only reason I asked that is because I remember buying the Xbox 360 was the first i ended up buying a ps2 on my own later but that was just after the fact because i yeah. remember getting the xbox 360 was the first one on my own because i like did a whole midnight thing at target and it was so exciting with one of my buddies and like it was my first time buying because i still had the consoles from when i was before or birthdays or whatever in college so that was the first one but i remember how much more special it was going home playing uh condemned criminal origins playing burnout yeah. revenge because like man i got to buy this with my gamestop money at tar and then go to target <laughs> ironically go to target to get it but uh I just didn't know if you had any of that similarity with you buying your first one. Well, the PlayStation four launch lineup kind of sucked. I, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't really remember. Cause I like, condemn like such a great, you know, launch title for the 360. And, uh, I think fear was also a launch title for the 360. If I'm not mistaken, like there was just so many yeah. solid titles for the 360 launch lineup, but for the PlayStation four, I remember, I'm gonna I, totally honest. I just remember playing NBA 2K14 a lot. Like that was that yeah. was what we played. We played so much of NBA 2K14, and that's where all the craziness started with 2K. Really, with 2K14 and the PlayStation. 4. No, no, no. It started with the PlayStation 3 for sure. It started with the PlayStation 3. But yeah, it, definitely NBA 2K14 was the game we played the most from from that that purchase. That's cool. I think it's just a big important thing when people. have bought their own thing and then you know you can whether it's a game or a, a car house or whatever it is i guess but i was just curious so now that i derailed all of the tangent you were going to go off of with adulthood i just didn't want to miss those things because i feel like those would be fun things to hear about no yeah that that's uh, definitely super super important and yeah though those generation leaps like like you said that playstation 2 to playstation 3 or xbox to xbox 360 that that was one of the craziest generation leaps that i ever remember seeing as well and that that was once again the generation I ended up skipping, but I, I I'll never forget how crazy. Just once again sticking with sports from playing like NBA Two K Six on PlayStation Two to playing it on the PlayStation Three was like golly man that that generational leap was insane. But 
The question I wanted to ask you was like, when did you make it a effort in your life to say, okay, hey, I want to pursue this as a more than a passion into a career? <laughs> I mean, that's that's hard because that skips most of my adult life. Because again, I'm 36 now. I've really only been doing the the gaming realm of work where I can actually make a living off it for just the last two years. So like for me, that's like literally all of the time before that was never really, maybe it was a thought, but it was never really. That's what I'm saying. The thought, when did the thought hit you? Honestly. So most of my adult life, I wanted to, I, I pursued acting. I spent, I spent years doing acting and auditions and went to acting school for a while in New York city. And like, that was my dream was to do acting. And so like, I spent all my energy and time. I never, I was never like, I never was even known. I didn't know about YouTube really much. Like it was round, obviously like, but I just, gaming i just never thought of gaming beyond anything else like i just there was also you know even 10 years ago like the amount of things you could do in gaming wasn't really a thing sure you might work for like ign or GameSpot if you're lucky but like that's rare you got to know someone probably like youtube there were obviously the youtubers you know beat-em-ups and you know peeps and things like that you know game story and like people that were around but it wasn't a thing right like as it is nowadays so i don't i think it really only came into my mind like the last five years of my life because i was just working like random jobs or at a restaurant or like a grocery store or you know i was working in an office or like something like that and just being like i really want to like could i do something with games so i remember for years before doing what i do now i did have this thought of like i really just want to make a youtube channel and talk yeah. about games right but then i just i was always so anxious and depressed i'm like i don't have anything to offer i'm not good about talking about things unless i'm scripted big shocker because i wanted to do acting so I, it was just this thought for years of like, I could do a YouTube channel, but that didn't really become come to fruition until, you know, 2020 and the whole year of the world fell apart, you know, because of everything. And then the reality came true. But beyond, before that, before 2020, I didn't have really any major thoughts about it. It just didn't seem feasible. Yeah, It just, it seemed like maybe if going into gaming, could that ruin the hobby essentially as right. work, could it ruin it? That's, that's, you know, and, and what I can say now is doing it for work. Yeah, it does sometimes ruin it because wow. you're having to think about it beyond just playing the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that does make sense. Uh, that's that's interesting, man. I I because I, I I'm probably in a similar boat with you, which obviously I don't do it for a, a career, but it it really when when I got back into it, I think it could have started with like The Last of Us, where I was like, I think there's a because to me it was just. Often I was like, how do you even really, because I watched G4 and I, you know, I would watch like the old GameSpot reviews and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't think there's a lot to really dive into here. <laughs> like it, It's it's cool. It's cool mechanically. And like, I, I could, you know, hey, this is cool mechanically. You can punch and slice and like, hey, but it, it just felt like the, the depth wasn't quite as pronounced as it became in that like you know, late 360 generation or just, you know, throughout that generation entirely with the seventh gen. But I think that whenever I started seeing like avenues pop up of, of like, oh, wow, you can dissect this on many different layers. Like, that's absolutely fascinating that this art form is transitioned into something that you can really deep dive the narrative, the mechanics, the like all these different layers. It just, uh, that that's definitely when my kind of flip switch was like, I'd like to, I'd like to do that. <laughs> so what pushed you? Cause I obviously, you know, for those that don't know, Brandon's unless you're not talking about it, other channel was easygoing gaming that you had before. And we met through YouTube. That's how we're doing this now is 
Brandon and I, you know, this isn't just a talking about YouTube thing. It's about just gaming stuff in our history, but we wouldn't be doing this today if you didn't have a channel and I didn't have a channel back in the day. So what, what kind of pushed you to say, okay, you know what? I'm just going to make easygoing gaming your previous channel. I'm just going to make a concerted efforts to talk about games. What pushed you to that? And I guess what made you not necessarily want to do it as like career stuff, but just as like a hobby. Cause you've kind of always told me you just want to do it as a hobby is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's tough. I I debate that every single freaking day, honestly, where it's like, you know, because I've pitched the podcast to to other outlets and stuff and be like, hey, you know, uh, but, you know, whenever I was doing it solo, I was like, hey, throw me on and uh, I'll come ramble on your your outlet. Pay me, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week and <laughs> sign me up, man. I, there is a part where it's like, look, I'm not going to lie. You know, I... It's a, it can be quite a bit of work and there is a point where you start going, okay, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm doing a lot of work and I'm not getting any money on the back end. You start going, oh yeah, I I, I don't know. Is it, is it all worth it? Like I, I still struggle with that daily where it's like, I could probably be putting this energy into something else and making more money off of it. But I love this shit. Like I love this industry and i i it's all that i do like outside of my actual job it's all that i consume i don't consume <laughs> anything else i don't care about anything else in terms of like uh you know the the entertainment realm like it's it's the only real hobby that i have so it's it's straight up passion but like you said you know it's a uh, it, it it's not real work but it's 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 not like you're digging <laughs> ditches but it is right. it is it's time consuming it can be time consuming so i i have definitely thought about that but with easygoing gaming the whole start of of that was it was just i was like man i really is similarly to to you know the the talking about the layers it was like i just want to be able to dissect this stuff a little bit more and see if i can add a interesting take on it which you know sometimes you can sometimes you can't but uh <laughs> right. it's, it's always fun to try man and then yeah, so uh, us meeting through, and, and I would, I would kind of, I don't, we can, we can kind of cut off it after this, this next tangent, but I would kind of like to know the, because we both went through a similar experience where we ended up closing off our channels and yeah, and killing those bad boys, and oh boy, yeah. they were both doing okay. You know, yours was doing damn good, mine was doing okay, and it was like, I, I, I am. I would be because we've ne we've talked about this, but we've never right. really talked about it in, in a meaningful way. Um, yeah. So I'd be curious to kind of hit you with that question. There's another question that I have from earlier, but I want to hit you with this question first. Okay. Well, well, what's the question? You didn't ask a question. Oh, yeah. That, that's probably, probably <laughs> that was helpful a little bit. I, you implied something, but I don't know what the, your question is to answer, right? Pro probably helps to ask a question. Yeah. I, just, just, just We've been like, recording four hours, people. You got to give us credit here. Very right, true. What, what made what made you finalize that decision to close off indie gaming guild? What, what was the, what, what pushed you beyond that line where it's like, I can't keep doing this. So I guess, no, it's a good question. It's pretty, it's, it's a hard question. Cause it's been almost a year now for both of us, but uh, to, to give a quick background for anyone that doesn't know, just cause I don't want to assume people know that. So I used to run a channel before called the indie gaming guild. It was primarily indie game review channel. I did everything I could to keep up with every single freaking console indie game that came out. And, and I'll be honest, I'm really proud of it. I started it for fun. And by the time I deleted it, I had just over 15,000 subscribers and was making money from it. I had people supporting on Patreon. I'm not saying all that to pat myself on the back. Cause I hate talking about that, but it's like, 
I made that dream happen. And that was so freaking amazing. But with that came daily on top of a full-time job, by the way, on top of a full-time job, trying to churn out reviews, which means you have to play all the games and making videos five to seven times a week with a full-time job, trying to do that and have a marriage and a social life. (laughs) My mental health, as great as all that was, and as amazing as it was to be making money doing that and like having a community that are willing to support you and like live streaming and having people freaking come like that was so humbling, but that took a gargantuan toll on my mental health, which was already weak at best. We'll say with depression and anxiety and OCD and just trying to keep up with life. Um, It got to a point where the success, even if it may sound small compared to YouTube, that little bit of success for what it was, was too much pressure. I couldn't keep up with the demand of games. I couldn't keep up with providing things for the people giving me money. I couldn't keep up with the review codes. And that may sound like a bad problem or like a good problem. And it was, but for someone with really brutal mental health and not having any faith or belief in myself, it got to a point where early at the end of last year, early at the beginning of last year, I just, I was so angry and stressed and tired and exhausted by exactly what you're saying. I'm putting in 80 hours a week on top of a full-time job, trying to run a channel to bring in a few hundred dollars a month, maybe. Yeah. Like that just tanked everything. And it just got to a point where I was like, I, I want to do this, but it's, I, I'm, I'm very black and white. I, I can't do, I need to either do it or just not do it. And that's not the right way to do things. I couldn't just leave the channel and just not do anything on it. Like I can't handle that. Yeah. So over the course of like, anyway, to wrap it up over the course, of like six, seven months, my mind just went back and forth of doing it, not doing it, doing it, not doing that, telling people on the channel, I'm doing it and not doing it. And eventually I just got to a point where I was like, I will literally keep doing this, even though I hate it, unless it's gone, gone. That and was me so too. that led to literally, literally all of those blood, sweat and tears deleting everything. And it's almost a year now. And I've been going through therapy for other things, but also for that. I deeply regret it to this day that I can't look back and be like, shit, I really worked so freaking hard on that. And I don't have anything to show for it anymore. Damn. Um, so so you- it just, the point is it just became about the mental health. I just, I literally had a, a breakdown and I just couldn't handle it anymore. So. Yeah. Damn, man. So hearing you say that would, I, I'm kind of getting two different things and I, I would be curious to get you to, to clear this up in my brain. You would you rather have it, active now so you could look back on it or if you had it active now would you still be just pouring all your time into it and do you think that would negative which which would negatively impact you more having it available and not doing it or having it available and doing it god that's a tough question because i've been going to counseling for like a year now for a lot of other things too but having learned things through that i've learned that i would i i think i'm confident now that i could have it and just have it be there and just know that I did that. Nice. But that would have only come through doing what I've done and got getting rid of it and going through things. But what I will say is through this last year and all of the ups and downs of getting rid of a channel that we worked hard on, because I want to ask about you on this, that led to a big career thing. You know, I work right. for a major gaming channel that I'm getting paid to make videos of what I was doing before. Like that's a massive blessing. And I'm so grateful for that every single day. And it's not always fun. It's still a job, but like, that wouldn't have happened unless I would have gotten rid of my channel. Cause I would have been focused on that. Bingo. So it's one of these, like, you know what I mean? Like pendulum things, there's no right way to answer, but anyway, enough about my stuff. I hate talking about this because you and I deleted our channel, your channel and my channel pretty much the same week. Right. 
Oh, was it the same week? Maybe even like close to the same day. Cause I know. So I, you to know what was on your end of it. What was the reason that you decided to ultimately close up shop? Money. <laughs> all, all, okay. all roads lead back to money. I, I was like, okay, I, and I can't go too much into this, Jeffrey, because it's something that, you know, well, you, you do know about some, some changes that are right. being made. Uh, but right. I, I was like, I have to figure out a way to, to, to make some cash. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to trade school. I'm going to learn to weld. I'm going to try to figure out something to bring, you know, 70 grand a year, like, you know, nothing crazy, but a little bit more. And I, I just imploded, man. I was like, I, I can't, I, I, it, it was not a, and it wasn't even really, it was the same thing that you said, Jeffrey, where it's like, if I keep this up, I'm not going to, to make any changes. And then it results in me being like, I got to talk about damn video games. <laughs> so I create another channel and I'm not making any damn changes, <laughs> but you know, the, right. a big change was made uh that, that you know I'm, I'm not gonna go into too much here but uh, mm -hmm. you know and um so thankfully that's there but i am i'm just i'm addicted to this thing i'm addicted to this thing straight up <laughs> full stop i it, but but here's the thing jeffrey is that i i've realized this is manageable to me this is totally manageable to me doing this Weekend week week out shooting the shit once a week and be like, hey, that's my contribution to the video game space. That's all I need it to be. I'm I'm cool with this being the kind of outlet where it's like, eh, played the played Final Fantasy 16. It rules. I played this other game. It sucks. Yeah, I'm done. Have a good one, guys. Like I I I I just kind of like this setup. This feels like it's manageable to me. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know racking my brain trying to come up with a new idea for a new piece of content and this and that like just shooting the shit once a week about the the video games and the a, a different new discussion like it, it's this isn't taxing at all which neither was season going game none, none of it's taxing compared once i being from the south and seeing people just working out in 100 degree weather and you know doing construction work and this and that, i'm like i i'll never complain about uh, about any sort of work but there is a, a it's it time consuming. I got to keep going back to that. It was just very, very time consuming. And this isn't nearly as time consuming. And this is just, I just love doing this. this is fun as hell to me, but sure. There is always that in the back of your head where, you know, I'd love to, to someone to come in and say, Hey, here's $37,000, you know, a year. And, uh, you, you just record once a week and then uh, come join our network. Do, 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 do. sign on the dotted line i don't give a damn where where i'm going but take me there i'm happy to go <laughs> well i can speak for anyone that you do a dang good job with this man and you grew to where it's at and that you've been able to make this happen and the ideas and things that if you guys are watching brandon comes up with so many of these incredible ideas pretty much all of them so he's the best at it so you're doing good man dude I so, appreciate that, brother. Um, I want to, oh, unless you have another question, I want to ask one final to bring some much needed, I think, energy and positivity to a, for a final question of this. But unless okay. you have something else, let's get positive. All right, let's bring because we, we we went in on a downer there, but it's okay because I think people can relate with the struggles. Everyone has yeah. mental health struggles and issues, and we're not no, you're not alone. We're all dealing with something, and we got your back. But to bring some levity and more positive and smooth smooth and energy, if you had to sum up all of your life of gaming, because a kid teenager adult whatever it is whatever time frame do you feel like you have a fonder memories of gaming as an adult 
Mm-hmm. Or do you have fonder memories of gaming as a kid, just in general? Like what is, when you think of gaming as your adult, as your life, when's the fondest time that you're like, this makes me the most happy to think about gaming. That seems I'm, happy. I'm going to throw a hot take in there. I'm going <laughs> to say, I'm going to say adulthood because I think games are just a lot better now. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> dodging, dodging the hate. I, I, I just do. I, I, I know people hate stories in games for some weird reason, but uh, dude, when stories really got prevalently uh, uh, introduced as like a main component that that they're hiring writers and and making it a focus of games, it became the thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't need movies anymore. I don't need TV anymore. I'm gonna get it out of this while actually being able to be the dude who, you know, punches the guy in the head and be the dude who shoots the dude in the leg. Like, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. It, it's just, yeah. The, the fact that it marries all of that together, I think right now is, I know there's microtransaction woes and live service <laughs> woes and, and all the free to play and this and that, but man, gaming is in just a great state right now. So I'd have to say as an adult, I have, that's where I have the, the most uh, fond memories. What about yourself? There you go. I know there was no like right or wrong answer in that. So I was just curious because, you know, it's fun to like as different, especially at different ages to hear what our preferences. I'm going to go the opposite. Okay. I, my fondest memories of just gaming in that time is, is always as a kid or teenager. I love gaming nowadays. Don't get me wrong. And I'm grateful for all of this broad. I'm really grateful. But when I just think of gaming in my age now of like, I just have super fond memories of being a kid and teenager. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful I had a good upbringing and all that. But like, I just have fond memories of that playing the simple games, playing with buddies, having sleepovers, playing Tony Hawk or SSX and going skateboarding and snowboarding, like staying up late, you know, eating my weird horse sugar cubes and then uh, playing our N64 like that to me just brings back so many happy memories where I just don't. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Hopefully no Alabama earthquakes right now. uh, Go ahead. Yeah, that just as a kid, that just teenager, that 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 time just brings me back to so much nostalgia where most of my adult life had just been had not as not as much enjoyment. So uh Oh yeah, so there we go. Two ends of the two, two ends of the spectrum, which is cool. To be fair, I I I, I see where you're where, what you're saying. The only thing that would push me towards adulthood for gaming is that all of my gaming as a kid, in terms of like group activities, was with sports games. So it was just very right. very like one track minded. It was always NBA Live, NBA Two K, Madden, UFC, boxing. Like it was never there wasn't a great variety of what we played uh, co op. So I think that's probably a big reason why I would lean to adulthood. I would play the single player games by myself all the time. But no, everybody everybody. <laughs> I always thought like, well, what kind of weird ass shit you playing now? I always would get that. Kind of, what, what kind of weird ass <laughs> right. shit you playing now? <laughs> I know. I remember playing all like the multiplayer games, couch co-op. Most of the time I'd be like, this is fun playing Goldeneye. This is fun playing Mario Kart. But I'm like, I kind of just want to do my own thing, but like I wanted to be cool and fit in apparently. So here yeah. we are now. Now we're both just super cool. Right. So we're, we're as cool. <laughs> Keep as, smoothing, baby. Cool as the damn cubes you were eating with your horse, man. You know uh, what? All right. You know what? Just let me like my sugar and horse cubes. All right. So or <laughs> horse cube. wait, what's a horse cube? <laughs> never mind we're, we, if we've recorded for four hours guys i think we're gonna break down and lose our mind so we did it though yeah i don't even know how long this this episode I, you know you were probably right when you said we should do individual recordings because i have no idea how long each one is or whatever but hey if this is a two-hour episode i hope you had a good two hours if no. this is an hour episode i hope you had a good an hour a good an hour it was just over an hour we're fine hopefully you guys enjoyed we're just we're having fun we're enjoying i hope you guys let us know in the comments and We'll look forward to doing this more and I don't know, other words. Life, words, have good ones, have good lives, have good words. See you soon. <laughs> Goodbye. <Hey. laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs>